The Bookfinger podcast is a lively discussion about romance books, culture, and deep breathing. This is episode 48 featuring Gio Gahol, Chachik, and Mina V. Esquera in Metro Manila. Bookfinger would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this episode was produced and pay respects to their elders past, present, and future. Welcome to the Book Finger Podcast, talking about books we love, especially romance. Kill a fairy fast on the Book Finger Podcast. Welcome back to the Book Finger Podcast. I'm Kat Mayo from bookfingo.com.au, an Aussie blog for romance readers. This episode marks the end of our Manila series, and believe me when I tell you I've saved the best for last. Mina and Chachik are back, this time with Romance Class live reader Gio Gahol. When Romance Class began the live reading events, Gio was the first male actor to be cast, and he's gained a fierce following. If you stick around to the end of the episode, you'll definitely see why. You can find information on all the books we talk about in this episode by going to bookfingo.com.au slash podcast and clicking on episode number 48. Mina's friend, our common friend, Katsuki Flores, recommended me as a reader for the very first session that Mina uh, put together for romance class. And I remember distinctly Mina saying that this was experimental, like she's never done it, and she wanted to tap into uh, theater actors, um, thus myself and Rachel, to read excerpts in front of the authors and the read um, some people who have read the books from their class. So I didn't know what to expect actually, because I wasn't I wasn't uh, familiar with romance novels during that time um, I didn't know I mean I'm a fan of romantic comedies in film but I didn't know if it, if it was similar I mean basically just put into writing and printed in books so when Mina gave us the first excerpts that we were gonna read I was like oh this is fun I love rom-coms and I've never done a romantic comedy on stage in theater so it felt like I was going to be on stage doing a rom-com, but reading it, like uh, actually having the script on hand. So, did we get to rehearse? Not so much, no? Just like a few minutes before yeah, we started. Yeah, a few minutes. We, uh, Mina sat us down, had coffee, and then I was like, okay, how do I do this? Like, it's How many did we have to read? Like five? Four. 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 I was like, okay, it has to be a different character. I mean, that's so my. That's so our the discipline. process is different from theater. Yes, because uh, I mean, in theater we get to rehearse at least like let's say like four weeks, five weeks before we actually stage something, and this one it was given to us like two hours before we were actually gonna perform it. So it was a challenge for me because I am used to thinking about uh, building my character first and making sure. In a, I mean, if I had to change my voice for anything. Or you know, like physicality Have a of full it. Plan basically yeah, for the but this one it was like okay, it's gonna be improvised. But thankfully, uh, and luckily, I had Rachel with me, and we were talking before the session. She was like, "I'm pretty sure we can do this." Like, you know, it's all about chemistry, and <laughs> so I know we confident. just met. I know we just met, but 
yeah, I think we can totally do this. So, okay, yeah. that's good. That was that was another interesting thing. I thought they knew each other when our friend recommended both Rachel and Gio. I thought it was because they knew each other and they worked well together, but they met for the first time. Yeah, that, that was the at first that time that we met. So, and I mean, I'm with a Philippine Educational Theater Association and most of my work is really in Tagalog. And okay. here comes Rachel Coates, who is Inglesera. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if this is gonna, you know, how different this is gonna be. Like working with an, with an actress, I mean, she's worked with Repertory Philippines and most of I mean, she grew up in the Bahamas, and so I was like, "Pano when it comes to like um, the chemistry of the, our characters?" But it worked, and I think part of what made it work was the reaction that we were getting from our audience. So tell us a bit about um, the interaction between audience and actor when you do live reading. <laughs> okay, because it was also, I mean, the material that uh, the, the materials that we were reading are also very fresh to me. I couldn't help but also react to some of the stuff I was reading, and that got reactions from them because we had the connection. Uh, oh my gosh, we're both reacting to the same thing in sort of the same way, but of course, like Rachel and I had to keep our focus. Like, okay, we're still reading, uh, we're, we're still playing the characters, right? But that helped us a lot. So you were reacting like when you first read the scenes, you mean? Like... Yeah, like there was... Okay, because when, when Rachel and I were rehearsing, it was just a cold read. Yeah. Like, okay, just like read just through it. Well, yeah, no emotion. Not, not so much uh, emotions yet. But when we were performing it, I was sometimes shocked at how she would read certain lines. Oh. And I, of course, like, you know, rules of improv, yes. And so, okay, you read it that way. I have one right, coming right at you. And then... So some that was, of that was ad-lib. Yeah, some of it was ad-lib. And, like, because we were in a... In just in a small room in uh, the study, in certain parts, I would even... I was sitting on a desk yeah. at some point because I felt like, okay, this character has to be so relaxed. So I put myself in that state. And then Rachel, in one of the materials, like, she was a... Uh, she was strict. This was the one with the... The breast cancer thing, she yeah, was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she was standing up and she was really like looking at me intensely, and it was fun that way, cause the spontaneity of it all helped uh, helped us out a lot, and like the best I think in my how many years of being in theater, the best audience I've had wow. in performing wow. is romance wow. class. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. And it helps that, you know, after like how many events that we've done, I know them already. So I know exactly like when I'm reading something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like there, there's a certain part that oh I know someone's I know someone's gonna react to this. So I'll look at them right after but, mm. so. so that leads on to my next question. How has the experience changed for you between the first live reading and the later ones that you've been doing? Because I've noticed that the material has also gotten a bit more risque. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's Rina's fault. <laughs> Which is no, a but good thing, I mean, right? uh, for the longest time, uh, Rachel and I would tell Mina that we want to read, you know, sexier Filthy materials. Filthy things. Filthy things. Yeah. Sorry, Rachel, I just have to say this, but you're the one who wants the film. Okay, I was like, yeah, sure. And then Rachel's like, no, I really want it. Like, all right, okay, we can do that. That will work. From the last event, the, the Feel So Hot, 
So for those who um, haven't followed the romance class events, Feel So Hot was a live reading that featured um, more explicit scenes yes. and it was adults only, which is a little bit different to the way that the live readings had been run before. Yes, because um, the first events that we were doing, we were censoring some of it there. Like Mina would be like, sorry, yeah. you can't say that anymore. Okay. Like, all right, okay, we understand. So mm -hmm. I guess that special event where no holds barred talaga <laughs> was exciting. And okay, when it's wholesome, when we were doing wholesome <laughs> readings, you, everyone's like, ah, like they're really noisy, like in a good oh, way. Okay. Like they, re they react loudly. Pero when we did the raunchy materials, there, it, yeah, it was so like <laughs> there were like some people there were a on lot the floor. of deep breaths, <laughs> and I thought some people would faint, and I would need to like literally yeah. fan someone. Yeah, there was a lot of air. <laughs> you could hear a lot of breathing. Like, did it go silent? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So yeah, the, what else? Well, the the thing about the having to edit what they were saying was because we were holding events in like a school one time or a museum another time or in a mall where people would be walking around with their kids so yeah so yeah the the raunchy readings we had to really like control the environment yeah we had to control the environment we put we had it in a bar we we charged an expensive entrance fee for it yeah. and that a lot of people still showed up so Happily paid. Happily paid. <laughs> so you were in that event, Chachi. What was the event like for you? Was that your first live <laughs> yeah, reading? That was my first time. So I, so because I was uh, living in Singapore for uh, five years, I wasn't able to attend the past wholesome events that they say. And I made a point to um, really attend Feel So Hot because I wanted to see how it would it would be different. And for me, the best part was the people's reactions, I think. I mean, I really enjoyed the live readings of course because it brings a different perspective to romance but it was so much fun seeing how people were really like some people were hiding their faces hiding under like uh, a shawl or like sitting on the floor because they can't take it anymore and it's just a different level of, of collapse from killing yes like really literally killing that is something that i think you won't be able to see in other in other countries, I think that's uniquely very Pinoy. That the the kilig is like so much that you know your feelings are overflowing. You have to react in like a physical way to it. So, so Mina, what about for the authors? What have have the reactions been like for the authors? Oh, who, I'm talking about the authors. Oh, you were <laughs> talking about yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Those are the authors, and some of them were saying. Things like, you know, we wanted to do this or in Filipino, ginusto natin to. And then <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, we asked for this, right? Asking like, why? Gio <laughs> uh, has read, I think, the most of my books. Yes. Of any actor that we, we've had uh, doing the readings. So, anyway, he's my guy. <laughs> but it's still difficult. I mean, as an author, in the beginning, you want, you want your your work to be read so and and i'm the one setting up the program choosing matching actors with the excerpts choosing the excerpts and it's like okay i want like as for for my own career i want this to be read i want this experience by the audience and then when i'm there i suddenly doubt everything <laughs> and then i want to hide and then i like question all of the decisions just because it feels like suddenly your work is for everyone to judge and 
and consume and also but especially the raunchier ones yeah. it just suddenly feels like you're like, writing and publishing a book as it is makes you feel so exposed to people and then having like geo perform it in such a way makes you feel even more exposed and that's why we hide <laughs> they do they really do they really do they do so is that when you say it even louder so that even if they're hiding they can't get away I just want to say um, when we did the the raunchy reading it was interesting because the variety of materials it was ranging from it was raunchy but quirky like it was funny mm-hmm. And then we also have like the really serious, like red light type, bedroom <laughs> yeah, bedroom scenes. So it was fun, like hearing other people reading like the quirky stuff. And then, of course, I also didn't want to play it up so much. No, just because it's sexy, I didn't want to, you know, really put on that. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, bedroom boy. So, and I mean. These authors, they use their words to to paint like a picture of the stories that they that they made. So it was really just making use of the words the best way that you can to get the proper reaction or at least to exude the right emotion. How much of your personality do you put into the reading, and how much do you let the text speak for itself? Because they know me already. <laughs> Because I I've been I've been uh, with the romance class for. Almost or for two years, two years now, no? Almost two years, September. Yes. Yeah, almost two years in September, and they know me. I think some of they can detect at uh, when uh, at certain points I'm actually just being more of myself than putting on the character, and that's fun for me. Because like after the reading, and then someone comes up to me, na, oh my gosh, Gio, that part that was so you. <laughs> yeah, because I, I just thought that. It would be best if I just do it the way I would, as a person, and not just as a as that character that I was reading. And for the most part, it also um, helps a lot when we rehearse. When I rehearse with whoever, whomever I will be reading with, because it's different. Before it was just me and Rachel, and then we had like four more, four, three or four more girls reading with us, yeah. and. They also put something new to the table. Like some of them are more, like let's say Vanya is more soft-spoken compared to everyone else. So I can't just plan how I will attack, like how I'm gonna take on a character. I I will depend on whoever, like that uh, whoever I will be reading with. So there's a a part of it that's improv when yes. you actually stand that up. That was yeah. fun actually when we started because uh, it, he used to read with Rachel all the time. Yeah. So that was the. That was the thing, and then when when because uh, we had more events, and then started needing more people to to attend, uh, and more actors also, we started having him perform with the other actresses, and it's a totally different dynamic yeah. when it's a different actress because they're just different. They're they're just uh, that was interesting. <laughs> so Chachik, are there any particular um, scenes that that you hope will be live read? In oh, the future, yes. his hint <laughs> definitely the <laughs> how to tame your tech balam, oh. <laughs> which is like the raunchiest um, Filipino romance that I've read. Yeah. 
I've just started that too. Oh, so. you should have been here earlier when Mina asked me to read the excerpt. <laughs> okay. I was like, <gasps> pure reaction. Yes. Okay. We should have recorded the pure reaction, which is exactly also how I reacted. Like, yeah. I think my eyes went so yeah. big when I was reading. And it's actually good, right? Because yeah. this is, I think, um, in the Philippines where it's a largely Catholic and conservative country, it's good to be bringing these things to the table because it sparks uh, different kinds of conversations, I think, and also yeah. em empowers a lot of readers and women in, in just the way people accept that this is the norm and they should be shown in the art, like in books that we read also. There's something I wanted to add, like what Gio has contributed to how we do things and the way that we sell our books, because part of it is that, selling the books. I mean, it doesn't seem like it because the events with the live readings are fun, and then we do it anyway, and it doesn't matter if we sell books or not. But it is part of that because there, when we started writing and publishing the books, we, were, we write in English, so we're going against uh, a, a perception that Filipinos writing in English the books would be inferior to other nationalities with uh, with who are considered native English speakers. Uh, even though many of the authors writing in English for romance class had English as their first language, uh, read a lot of books in English. So this was actually the experiment that we were started with was if we heard it being performed, how would it feel to us? Because uh, some people would immediately not choose not to read the book because they would think it's in Tagalog, they would think it's Badoy or, or they would think it's corny that a Filipino is writing in English. But if they heard it being performed, would it change how they thought about the book? And then, true enough, when they started performing it, and everyone was reacting that way, it became less and less of a problem for us uh, selling the books because they were performing it in a way that, that was making people feel exactly what the author meant them to feel. And then suddenly, sudden, and it's less, it's now when we get comments about uh, people hesitating to try our books because of whatever perception, it's usually because they've never read. A book or have never attended a reading uh, we once they've they've been to an event or they've read a book they're converted but is this is this an issue locally or internationally it's an issue locally uh, yeah a lot of us a lot of us and we know this because a lot of us who started had that like when we were younger when we didn't have when we didn't have books like this to start with we had the impression that we should be if we wanted to read romance in English, we should be reading American authors. It was just that uh, you probably have gone through this in theater, yeah. and uh, it's. Uh, I think it's also just colonial mentality that's been really ingrained in us that make us think that you know anything that is Western is better than what we can produce in the Philippines, which is not true at all, right? Yeah. And I mean, I was speaking as a, a theater actor, and the reason why I. Chose, I decided and chose to be affiliated with PETA is because I support locally produced. produced it's, it's original. Yeah, it's material. all original. I mean, I, I grew up in the Philippines. I want to be able to share whatever I, I've experienced in my 30 years of existence in this country into whatever material I'll be doing. So uh, I've been with PETA for four years and it's been amazing, like the amount of work that I've done with them, 
and the confidence that it has brought me knowing that all the characters I've played are characters I developed myself. So I guess that that's how it works. It's, it works the same way for Filipino authors. Na, I mean, you create a story that that's based on on the life that you've been living and the people you've met, uh, places you've been to, and sometimes it, it's set elsewhere, but it's coming from you. It's coming from whatever's running through your head, and and obviously that's. So the from voice your upbringing, is yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah. A, so it's an G authentic voice. Gio also uh, choreographs for local musicals. He oh, doesn't yeah. just he doesn't just perform. I have yeah. seen one of your dance choreographies. I think I think oh. it was posted in romance class. <laughs> really? It's like a contemporary dance. Oh, which one is it? Music I video. I share I think everything. It has, <laughs> I share it has everything. like industrial pipes and stuff. Oh, that that's uh, that Robin right? Yavera's music video. <laughs> Um, but so this is a particularly interesting issue in romance because romance here has a has a Tagalog language variety that's also super popular. Yes. What's the perception of that? I think it's a different readership and also a different set of authors, but they also have their own. Um, they have a lot of readers and a lot of fans, but they also encounter they also encounter some stigma like being recognized as literature. They also encounter. Um, that perception that they're not as legit uh, in terms of uh, like what what people should be reading, so there's that. Um, uh, but that's probably a romance. Uh, maybe that's something that's rom more romance than than uh, than the language that they're using because they're very popular. There's no question that they that a lot of people love the books and a lot of people are reading them. So it's I guess uh, a different discussion like. Because a lot of, for example, Tagalog romance authors, they have backgrounds in literature. Mm. But this is how they write to earn. Mm. And, uh, and they encounter that, that problem in uh, presenting themselves in, in their own circles. So in terms of English language romance, do you think this, this industry would exist without Amazon and Kindle? Oh, it tough. wouldn't. Yeah, tough. I don't think it would. It's tough. Yeah, it wouldn't. I think that's what's propping us up right now, and that's why a lot of authors, because we're we're very active. There are new. We have over 150 published books right now since we started four years ago. So um, we're not at the level of like success yet that people can just like take off and and be rich <laughs> off of romance novels. Yeah. yeah exactly we're, we're not like that yet but but just because for example you can release a book on amazon and get readers from all over the world and people blogging about your book that's what sustains a lot of the authors and that's what gets them to to write and publish because here even though we're getting traditional publisher support here now it's still not at the level of like any author any author who re who can release a book will automatically be on the bookstore shelves here it's still going to be like a few per year so i yeah. think um, amazon just ups the level of of the reach of their books. I mean, if you think about it, you're from Australia. I was based in Singapore, and we were reading these books, right? And I think uh, there has been a stronger push for what we call diverse books from all over the world, and that has also increased the readership of the romance class books, not just with people who are affiliated with Filipinos or have or are of Filipino descent. 
to there has there have been some readers who have no background at all on our culture and find it so interesting to read these things because it's so different from what they experience and they do realize that this is our reality the text that they put the romance class authors that put in their books is something that a normal Filipino uh, girl can experience so I think just having that in ebook format makes it a lot easier to distribute and also promote and to recommend overseas yes yes, yes. Oh, right. yes. Yeah. Um, and I think what's great about romance guys I mean based on my observation like a lot of the people in the community are very active online yeah <laughs> very yeah. active mm-hmm. online so if you just stumble upon one of their conversations I think that already sparks interest in one of their books one of the like 150 that they've already published so yeah, that's. I mean, I have a couple of friends who uh, have attended some of our events just because they're like, "What are you doing? Like, I've been seeing videos of you like reading stuff. What is that?" I'm like, "Oh, it's a, it's a, there's this uh, community called Romance Cast, and they're like, "Okay, why don't you invite us?" I said, I "Just go. I mean, it's not because they're used to just coming uh, coming to the theater to watch my shows." I said. Well, it's it's sort of like that, but this this time I have a script on my hand, and like, and then like you should see how people react. So they come, they're like, "Oh, ang fun naman nito. This is this is really fun." Parang they're like, "Grabe, ganon ka talaga. Papakilig ka nasa ko grabe." It's not my job description. Like I am an actor during these events. Okay, I'm not just like eye candy for to, to make objectify you. my art. Okay? I, there's actually I put work into it. So and then after that, they actually have a couple of friends who who checked out the books and have bought some. Okay. And they the, are our best. Like booksellers, the library, yeah, the library. Okay, yeah, even more than any of the other sort of book fairs. And We've had we we recently were able to track the stats because we have uh, someone in our community, Miles, actually created a, a POS like uh, like a catalog of each book. So each purchase goes into a system, and we oh, can wow. yeah. So we we started doing that a few events ago. And I think we tried doing a, a local, the biggest book fair, Manila International yeah. Book Fair. So we have data. We did receipts for that. So we have data on like how much we were able to sell per day. And it was really good. That was like the biggest book fair in the country. That was like, we did really well. But our last event in April, which was in a mall, uh, we, we actually met best day. Or oh. it was very close. So the sales for April... The sales of, of our our own event in April was similar to the sales of Manila Book Fair. Yeah, wow. so we were able to draw at least it. It was of course a smaller event, but it was the right people. It was the it was people. A targeted <laughs> event. It was very targeted, and it was it it would be the people who would actually uh, read our stuff. So I have two final questions, one for Mina, one for Gio. But Chachik, you can just like <laughs> jump in, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to translate that. <laughs> Maybe I'll just leave it untranslated. What kinds of stories do you want to see more of or are, are not still not represented in romance class? Uh, yeah, we, we have a lot more to, to do. So we have more than 150 books, but we don't have enough LGBT mm-hmm. plus queer everything. So uh, Gio wants 
Gio <laughs> wants that. He, well, but also that yeah. makes the readings a little bit more interesting because the pairings are going to change. Then, With right? uh, Gio was part of the first male male re- live reading that we did in April. Yeah, it was and that, me and Fred. That was really special. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm already like the two of you together. <laughs> Another <laughs> word for happy. Yeah, that was a Y A. That was Agai. Yes, Agai. Yeah, that was a Y A. It wasn't very. It wasn't steamy, but it was very sweet. Yeah. And it had such an effect on the audience. I think the video still does well. The video of it still does well. It was very special, but. It's also the only book. <laughs> so far. Yes, I think so what would far. be nice is to have male-male or female-female romance class books written by actual LGBT people because yeah. it would be coming from them. Yeah, it's their we have an existing project. In the class, we encourage the writing of it. We, we, I didn't want to hold a separate class for it because I wanted to say that you can join any class and write mm. MM or FF or whatever. That's your choice. It's not. I'm not going to force anyone to write male-female if they don't want to. But, but as the years have gone by, very, very few have been written and published. So we have a project now. That, yeah. that we encourage people to write short stories if it's the stamina to write a, a novel that's preventing okay. people from finishing we said okay short stories first and then we'll release an anthology so that's coming out actually, coming yeah. out actually, <laughs> in a few weeks yes oh, wow. I was supposed to submit a oh. story oh so you're writing as well I used to write. Uh, I, I worked for a publishing company as an art director, but uh, alongside that, I was writing for the, the magazine as well. So, actually, I was gonna say, like, doing all these readings for Romance Class has really inspired me to write. And, uh, <laughs> and they've, and they've <laughs> so seen, like, uh, I, I'm, I recently got back on Twitter, and then, for because Romance I was class. telling them, like, I want to attend the class so I can write something because uh, most of what I've written before, like I used to write about travel and like uh, events, but this is different. But I mean, they haven't had class yet, so they, uh, they, they suggested just keep writing whatever. So on Twitter, I've been what do they call it? Flash fic, yeah. flash fiction. Uh, some of them called it flash fiction. I've been writing uh, like excerpts of stories in my head. But so far, I haven't like pinned down what I want to write about. Like, if if I were to write a, a short form. story, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I'm sorry, you ex- you extended. I extended the death. But it was my birthday <laughs> I know, last I know. week, That's and okay. then uh, I had a wedding over the weekend. So, <laughs> but, oh my gosh, how am I gonna be able to do this? But hopefully, like I, I promise that I will really <laughs> write something because I'd like to believe, based on the reactions I've been getting on Twitter. The stories that I want that I've been writing so far are worth reading. Please, yeah. <laughs> <Ano, laughs> give me affirmation. <laughs> I think there will be an audience for Gia. Definitely, yeah. I think. Yeah. So. Definitely. Do you have your own work, or would you like to see other people perform? Would you be like? <laughs> um, honestly, I would want to read my own work, only because like when this is my problem, eh? like as as I write. I really think about the emotions in my writing. It's not just so I can, I can like uh, fill in the word the <laughs> word count. Like I, it it it, ha- it has to play smoothly in my head as I write it. So I want to read it because I know exactly how things are going or like 
how certain words are, are, are being said. But after that, I can ask some. I mean, if if someone else will read it, that would be interesting for me too. I'm not gonna. Nah, like, you're gonna feel what you're gonna not, feel what yeah, we feel. Like yeah. yeah, when we like, when we hand the words over to you and then you change. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, there's a huge level of trust for yes. an author to be, to say, please perform my work, right, without knowing anything about the actors or what they do. Or even if you know a little bit about what they do, but you know, it's still up to them. But I think that goes for just publishing in general. Well, like there, right. There's a saying that goes, um, a writer begins a book, a reader finishes it. So you you just put out what you feel the strongest um, work that you can do, and then the rest is up to whoever will be picking it up. But Gio has done it. that. Gio has done that for writers. Like I would choose an excerpt, Gio would read it, and then the writer would be super shocked at how, <laughs> at different. how, at how different from from her imagination it turned out, but in a good way. It was like there there because there are things that again someone someone not the author can pick up on mm-hmm. in the words or someone who who has who has a performing background can pick up on that the author might have missed and then it just it doesn't change in a bad way i think the experience but it it gives more dimension it's yeah. just the interpretation yeah, right? yeah and even readers who have read the books when they hear it being read live they're like i read that scene i don't remember <laughs> it being that way so that leads on to my final question Gio in your experience after almost two years of live readings what are the types of scenes or bits of dialogue or combinations that will elicit the most killing from the the audience Um, <laughs> I'm here because I feel like everything. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. Like uh, there are some uh, scenes that we would read, and then like it, say it was me and Rachel or me and Gam, and then it's such a it's such a simple scene. Uh, we, we yeah, it's it's a it's a very let's say it's a very quiet, and there are very few words in the dialogue, and then people react, and I, we would just look at each other like. <laughs> What what just happened there? Ano ba yung mga sobrang sobrang dami kasi it's so hard for me to really tell. But I mean, is it more like the the breathless audience? Is that more like, for example, if you're reading a kissing scene, is it the lead up to the kiss? Is it the actual kiss? If you're reading like when you were reading in uh, feel so hot, feels, in feel so hot, was it the lead up to the rude bits? Was it the actual? hearing the rude things that people were saying or doing or is it just it just really depends on the um, on the scene that you're reading at the time it really depends on the scene uh, but I just want to say though I don't know if mas malakas yung reaction if they react more when it's a gut-wrenching scene because sometimes that happens like it's like oh like you know what I mean like uh, Kunar like guy girl and then fr- being friend zoned and all these like right, similar right. similar uh, circumstances and then it, you really hear them react and so it's not just all about the rude bits no it's not no. it's really we try, or the, or we try to I, I try to get like a, if it's a set of maybe six to nine we try to put in like a fight uh, okay. A makeup scene, uh, some a meet a meet cute scene. We try to get like 
a variety. A variety. So, so yeah, Gio has done really well with like fights. Fight, like breakup, like breakup scenes. Yeah. Oh, I remember there was one that it was a fight. And then biglang bawe na. So it that's was like uh, it's a fight and again. then yeah. Like, uh, take, yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, I'm really angry right now, but the only reason why I'm angry at you is because I love you. Oh my so god. <laughs> I think it's really just the emotions. Mm-hmm. I think any scene that could could evoke emotions in the listeners or the readers. I mean, that's basically also why we read, right? The books that you love end up being the books that you love because they made you feel. Like, in yeah. all caps, feel. Yeah, but I think with the live reading, it forces you not to rush through something. So when I read, sometimes I'm so excited to see how it works out that mm-hmm. I rush through the whole oh, book. Yeah. Whereas, in, for example, in audiobooks, and I would imagine it would be similar to live reading, you have no control over <laughs> how fast or how slow the reader, the actor, performs it. And so you're forced to really... Forced to consume. <laughs> yeah, forced to, forced to feel it properly <laughs> instead of just going, I, I need to get to the end. I don't know if this this has been mentioned in the the one that you did last Saturday with Silver Rachel, but I know one thing that makes me nakiling. Which is when that? we flip the pages. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. When, when, yeah. When at the same yeah. time, when we flip I'm, the pages at the same time. I, I'm into oh. that. Yeah. Like simultaneous page flipping. I don't yeah. Know. Like even when it's we're even recording, <laughs> when we're recording for podcast, she loves the sound of it. It's even better. There was one time I remember it was caught on um, a picture. They were flipping the page and they were looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> so that's even better, I think. That's uh, yeah, a, an, an author. She ships uh, the flip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an author kink. <laughs> How could I leave you without sharing a reading from Gio? This is from a book by erotic romance author Alma Anona Scarpio. If you've ever wanted to know how to tame your thick balang without even trying, you're about to learn. Just as a quick warning, please practice safe podcast listening because things are about to get steamy. How to Tame Your Thick Balang Without Even Trying by Alma Anona Scarpio Look at you, sweetness. Buhawi's words were whispered on a baritone moan as he clasped on a breast and pulled on her hardening nipple. You look so gorgeous in moonlight and cotton silk sheets. He nudged Tala's head with his chin, turning it toward the floor-length cheval glass mirror across the bed. His other hand snaked under and around her waist, and he began to gently finger the wetness of her cleft and her erect little clitoris. You were meant to be a goddess, Tala. You were made to be worshipped. Buhawi's forefinger made a slow, tantalizing assay into her slick, tight heat and the exquisite sensation that flowed gently through her from her most female of places grew more intense as he crooked that digit within her once, then again, slowly and sensuously. Words? She'd completely lost her faculty for words because Buhawi was nuzzling her neck at its most sensitive, erogenous zones, plucking hard nipples and making the sweetest, filthiest pillow talk she'd ever heard. Tang ina ang sarap mo. Buhawi's voice was rough as a pebble beach now as he told her how good she felt and tasted with that bit of profanity for emphasis. 
The head of his erection was straining urgently against the indentation at the small of her back, leaving a wet spot of his precum, evidence of how much he needed to enter her. His tongue punctuated his sentences with long, slow licks, and his perfect teeth made sharp little nips at her neck and earlobe, triggering the most delicious shivers all over her skin. I'm so hard for you, but I'm going to go so slow, make you as crazy as I feel now. We'll both be begging when I plunge my cock into this hot, dripping pussy. Tala plucked at her other nipple, hooked the leg backward over Buhawi's elevated thigh, and gasped as the night air touched her open, desire-swollen sex. She reached between her legs with her other hand, gripped Buhawi's wrist, and tried to push his hand to move faster. But he wouldn't let her. Oh, sweet Bailan, you aren't going to make me finger-fuck you any faster or harder than I decide to and fade this sweet, tight hole. Buhawi pinched her nipple a bit harder as his other hand penetrated her wetness in a slow, deliberate tease that made her cry out in aroused frustration. Let go and trust me. That's all we have time for. Huge thanks to our wonderful audio producer, Rudy Bremer. You can find the show notes for this episode, number 48, at bookthingo.com.au slash podcast. If you enjoy the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. This helps other listeners like you find the show. And don't forget, if you have a favorite romance quote or scene, post your own live reading on Instagram or Twitter and tag us at bookthingo. The next episode is our first show for 2018 and I will be joined by Rudy and Gabby. As for what we'll be talking about, your guess is as good as mine. In the meantime, please visit us at bookthingo.com.au and have a fabulous fortnight of reading.